to Cue the Apology, a parent's guide to faith at home. I'm Nate. And I'm Gavin. And you might make mistakes as a parent, but you really are the expert on your kids. We're not really experts on anything, but we've read some books. And this week, I haven't specifically read a book, but I have read a really good article that I wanted to share with you guys. So it's like a mini book. It's a mini book. Okay, so you read a mini book. Tell us about your mini book. I'll tell you about my mini book. So this mini book was written by Kelly J. Stigliano who is an author and yep. speaker yep. and does lots of that stuff. Haven't heard of her, famous. but that's a sweet name. Yeah, it is a good name in case any of you guys know her. Well, she titled this article, Leading Your Children to the Savior. And that's super intense. It is, it is very intense. And the reason why I got here is I was reading um, a discipleship book, a family ministry book, and it said something can't remember what the exact phrase was, but it led me to ask the question, what are helpful marks of faith as we develop our children? Okay. So basically, what path should we be taking? Because I think sometimes we think, I want to get them to a relationship with God. And then it's like, where? How? Yeah, that's a great idea to have a relationship with God. That's like the mark of every Christian parent. Yeah. But there's a lot of in between there and by the end of the week is not actually the end goal. Exactly. Exactly. Right. There's so much. And so I think for us to be able to set out on the path of bringing our kids into a relationship with Christ, we have to not disappoint ourselves by just thinking that that's going to happen by the weekend. Right. But we should actually know where they're going to be at at different stages so we can kind of measure, kind of just know and know what to emphasize at certain points in their life. It's growth markers. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what this is, is growth markers. I thought I messed up one of those words, but I didn't. Nope. You said it great. So we're talking about spiritual growth markers today. Yeah. So something that came to my attention is that I am a young punk and I am optimistic about a lot of things. And so today... I'm going to pause you because one of our listeners, and I love that we can say that, one of our listeners (laughs) commented to me. She's like, listen, my husband and I had our first child at 22. And I was like... That's wonderful information. Why are you sharing that with me? She's like, because you keep hammering that Gavin's only 22. She's like, we were parents at 22. So Gavin, you were still an insight and full Mm. of wisdom. Mm. And let's tell me about your optimistic punkery. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I give you full reign as a parent yourself to... (laughs) A parent of three years. (laughs) To step in and say anything. But... Basically, this article broke the stages that we should be emphasizing into five parts. So it starts with before elementary school, then it goes into early elementary, late elementary, middle school, and high school. And so what it does... So we're done by high school, right? Like once they finish Oh yeah, then you just step away and you let them go. I wish that was true. (laughs) There's such an accountability... There should be such an accountability of like, they're still your kid. They never stop being your kid. Yeah, absolutely. And the high school stage, interestingly, kind of continues into adulthood. Right. Because it's really the questioning stage. Okay. And so what, what these stage markers do is they target where the kids are going to be at just in their understanding of life as a whole. And it says, how do we draw them to God in those moments, in the thoughts that they're processing at that time? Okay. And, how do we bring them to God? Yeah. And what you'll see is that it really goes with what we talked about in the podcast about gardening, um, governing, and the other one. So it's governing, <laughs> guiding, 
No, governing, gardening, <laughs> guiding. There's your three. Governing is when they're young. Guiding or gardening is the middle one. And then guiding is like your high school age. Yeah. Okay. And so you'll notice that with a lot of these, that that's kind of the flow that they follow. And to bring clarity, I'll just state what each of these are. That'd be great. And then we'll get into it. I'm already lost. <laughs> yeah. So the first stage, the pre-elementary is respect. So the character of God that they need to focus on, the what they need regarding God is respect. Okay. And I'll break that down in just a second, but I just want to say all of them. So don't freak out yet. <laughs> so respect. You're waving your hands in the air, so I'm getting a little antsy. <laughs> respect is the first one. Early right. el- elementary age is wisdom. So now we are teaching them about wisdom. Well, the, the, I'm assuming they all compound, right? They do. Like yeah. they build off They each lead other. into one another. Sure. Yeah. So respect lays the foundation for wisdom. Sure. Which then lays the foundation for grace and understanding grace and how it works and accepting okay. grace, which then leads into trust. So now that we've had these other markers leading up to there, we now have to trust God with our faith. And then in high school, the big thing is perspective. So we're now forming our own perspectives. We have bigger questions and different questions. And so now we are dealing with those in our children. Sure. And so now let me break that down a little bit. Yeah, let's go back. Okay, so we're at respect. So I'm teaching my child to respect me. Yeah. Not to respect you, (laughs) not to respect you. I mean, (laughs) to a degree, they already respect you as their parent, I'm sure, at this age. They don't if they're a toddler. Okay, yeah. But moving on. Yeah, they they are learning respect, and that's something that's going to be foundational and formational. Yep, those are good. You said it right, foundational and formational. You're good. So what I've noticed over my many years is that... Children who grow up in faith families often fall to one of two sides, which is that they either know the love of God and emphasize the love of God. We've talked about this a little bit before, but with that, they kind of go more and do more things against God because they're like, God's going to forgive me. I will have grace. Oh, okay. So because I know about the love of God, I can go spread my wild out. Is that what the (laughs) phrase is? Spread my wild oats because I'm a beautiful gazelle. But like, I have never heard that. Phrase sowing before. wild oats—that's the thing. Guaranteed, okay. that's the thing. Okay. okay. So, but it's like I can go and be rebellious and do whatever I want because I know God's just going to forgive me in the end. Exactly. Okay. And that was the story for a lot of my friends who I've talked to over time. Is the moment that they realized that there was actually a submission and an obedience to God, they're like, "What? I mm. just haven't lived that way. I was right. never told that or taught that all through church and." school and everything. And then the other side is that people grow up and they're these people who only have a sense of dictatorship almost of God. So like God is the cop around the corner waiting to catch you doing everything. Exactly. He sees you while you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Oh yeah. All of that. Loved that at Christmas (laughs) times. But those people either have a faith, not always, but either have a faith that is built on, I just have to do everything I can to please God and like, that's it. And then tap out or they completely counter and they say, I want nothing to do with this God who just governs and is law based and rejects me. I'm already rejected. And then shame builds up and all of these things. And so what we're trying to do here is 
get the in-between. So how do we actually produce children who know the love of God, but also understand that he is good, he's just, and he's holy? Well, it's that respect and reverence. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So when we start in this respect stage, something that these kids are going through at this time is they're forming their idea of everything. This is before they even go to school. Oh, and, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so you're trying to teach them respect towards you. But at the same time, we need to build this basis of respect towards God and his authority while they understand that and while they're living under, like just listening to the voices of the people around them. Because if they if we don't establish that respect for God at this point, right, then they're going to respect every other voice in the same way. So the authority that God has will be diminished in a lot of ways in this formational time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can, I'm like half dozing out as you're saying that because <laughs> like this is a really big concept and then I'm trying to like think about my kids and, and how this kind of plays into it. But this is really kind of like the difference between God as a superhero that you see on TV and hmm. God as a savior. Exactly. Like there's that respect and reverence is there that no, you can't just throw God's name around or play God. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think that's maybe something this developmental stage where kids can just be like, I'm God, I'm creating the world. And it's like, that's adorable. Yeah. And I know you don't think of it in some maniacal yeah. world domination way, but at the same time, you need to know and have that reference, rever reverence and reference that you aren't God, that God is a creator and we need to respect that he is the only one that creates or... That's yeah, kind of thing. That's okay. exactly it. So it's teaching them that God is strong, that all power is from him, that he keeps his promises, that he he knows what they're doing and he is there to strengthen them as they do it. Right. But he also cares about what they do and the decisions they make and that he actually does discipline those that he loves because this is why this is important, because if you don't, the message that we tell them and what we all kind of fall into teaching kids this age is that Jesus is your friend. Right. And we emphasize the warm fuzzies. And it's all about Jesus loves you. He never disciplined. He's just so kind and nice all the time. And you can be good friends with him. And then following that, they begin to make God into their own image because he isn't this powerful, strong fatherly figure parenting figure mm -hmm. who actually is doing things for their good but he's now just a friend to be skewed to be transformed however you want like for a tool for yourself basically yeah mm -hmm. discipline's such a scary word when we come to faith and mm -hmm. especially like our, our kids but i want to kind of frame it in, in hopefully a lighter sense in that we're not talking about like a, a punishment for children like yeah. God isn't going yeah. to smite a child. This is more understanding that God doesn't just let you get away with everything. Like if we read exactly. through scripture, there's so many accounts of God withholds a blessing or goes quiet for a time or like there's, there is a consequence to the unfaithfulness of the believers. And it's maybe not that God punishes, but allow something to happen. And we also yep. need to reference that and that God's not going to tempt us to sin and be like, ha ha, look <laughs> at you now. You fell apart because I wasn't there it. to save you. Like, yeah. 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 Discipline is, it's good to understand what that means. And I would say it's, it's showing the result of something to prevent the ultimate result from being realized. Right. So you've done something wrong. And so now 
the result of that is going to be allowed so you can see that that is wrong, which will prevent you from continuing to do that. So the big thing that Alicia and I are trying to do is is focus on natural consequence Hmm. instead of artificial consequence. And I think that really applies to this. So like a natural consequence would be, um, and this is an extreme, we haven't done this, but like, (laughs) don't touch the fire because you're going to get burned. And if they touch the fire, they get burned. And so there's a natural consequence to that. An artificial consequence to that would be like, don't touch the, uh, I don't know. Artificial is when we give out the punishment. Like we, we choose the consequence versus this is just naturally what happens. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, you decided that you were going to play with your ice cream with your hand and now it's everywhere and there's nothing to eat. The natural consequence isn't there anymore. You squandered the blessing. Yeah. And so it's teaching more than it is actually becoming the discipline. Yeah. And Obviously, we can look back at the Bible and see how God did that many times. Yeah, there's a lot of natural consequence, which mm -hmm. is like, you squandered the blessing, therefore it doesn't exist anymore. Exactly, exactly. And at the time, people probably didn't always see that clearly. Oh, guaranteed. But (laughs) they were just mad. But looking back, we can know that God is faithful to discipline in a loving way and in a good way that yeah it does and so that's something that we can teach our kids and i think that's the importance of this stage teaching. are we in wisdom now or are we're, we still we're about to get to wisdom okay we haven't even hit that no this is respect and i'm already like are we in wisdom okay yeah. mm-hmm. cool so basically this stage they're learning about how great god is and mighty and strong okay and then that leads into them being able to understand wisdom because Psalm 111 verse 10 says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And now this fear that it's talking about. This is, is the like, fear where I hide under my bed and under the blankets? No, not that kind okay, of fear. Okay, not that fear. This is the kind of fear where you understand how good God is and how just he is and holy he is. And then that leads you to have a reverence for him. So you respect him greatly. And so... Go ahead. No, oh, I, yeah. I, I just like had this epiphany. <laughs> I, I just saw your head like shake. Okay. So like... here's my epiphany. Um, you know how we say things are scary good? Mm. And it's because it's just so incredibly good and you're in awe of it. And you're just like, I don't know what to do with it. I don't want to break it. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to lose the moment. It's scary good. Yeah. That is the fear of the Lord. Yes. Scary That's great. Because then we see that sin has a natural consequence. And God is keeping us from that. And he's so good in doing that, that we ought to obey him. Like scary good. Yeah, he's scary good. And so we want to obey that. And that's why it leads to wisdom. Right. Which we're going to get into now. Okay. So that is when they're very young. Now they're just a bit older. So now we're going into early elementary. And so this is where we start teaching about wisdom. And wisdom is basically the ability to apply God's word to life situations. And so this ability to apply God's word to life situation implies actually knowing God's word. And so something that we have to do following the respect and their understanding of who God is and how strong he is, is to actually teach that his word, the Bible that he says to us, is something that we can apply to our life. And so this wisdom stage is a lot about reading the Bible and then teaching the basic story of the gospel so that we can apply this to every area of our life 
because this is when they're starting to make more decisions. They're going to school. They're choosing the people they hang out with, the things that they do at lunchtime, all of these things. Right. So now the rubber kind of meets the road. Okay. So in respect, we're teaching them kind of that reverence uh, of who God is and, and to keep that holy and, and have a, a rounded image of what that is. And mm-hmm. so we've got like the scary good, but also that it, there is a reverence and there needs to be a respect, not mm-hmm. just to be thrown around. And now we're moving into wisdom and it's applying our knowledge of God. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that, that reverence leads way to be able to trust that what God says can impact my life. What God says can impact my life. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's, that's pretty bite size. I can grab that. What God says impacts my life. Yeah. And so there's pretty much four key questions that we need to understand or our kids need to understand in this stage to be able to apply God to our life. And these are the four questions. I'll just read them out. They're the practical kind of step to take. Bring me through them. Yeah. So the first question is, who is God? Because your understanding of God is going to shape the way that you see the world and the decisions you make day to day. What age group is this for again? This is early elementary. So it seems pretty like heavy. Yeah. It seems fairly advanced. It does. But the truth is this isn't like a complex, like you're teaching them every like attribute and characteristic, but it's, you're teaching them what they need to know to make decisions in this I like that. Life. I like that framework that we're, you're teaching them what they need to know to make decisions. They don't have to have the finality understanding mm-hmm. of God and faith. I mean, so many of us are still working through that. Yeah. But we're giving them the information they need to make decisions. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And then the next thing to understand is what is truth? Now, philosophers will go on for hours oh talking about what is truth. But, and I mean, culture will go on about what is your truth. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and so we want to protect against that in a lot of ways. So basically, right. this isn't this philosophical idea. It is just keeping them from following everything that the media and teachers and friends tell them is truth. Because what you often find in older ages is that people viewed everything they were taught as truth. Right. And so now they're wrestling through which of these do I believe? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a harsh comment on culture, but it, it really is true. Like the amount of scams that happen of the Prince of Persia is calling me for money or yeah. um, the CRA is calling me and like all these things that people are falling for because we've been taught if you get the email, if you get the phone call, it's real. Mm-hmm. And now we're learning It's not real. Yeah. You need to verify. Yeah. And if you think of schooling and what you're regularly teaching your kids at this age, it really is that we can just be more intentional about leading them to what is true. Okay. Because they're already learning what is true and what's not true at that age. We're just directing it now. Right. And so the fourth question is, who is man? And this question really helps them up helps them out in later years. Oh gosh, this is about like self-worth and your place in the world. Like (laughs) it's so big, but so good. Yeah. Because if they have a skewed vision of who they are and who people are in general, yeah, they're just going to follow that and they'll be lost in that. And then when they're taught the gospel and when they hear the gospel, they'll have no category for man is 
sinful, but made in God's image. So we need to respect people, but also recognize that we are fallen and we need a savior. Yeah. And this age group's an important time to say that because otherwise by this time they're learning that everyone is good because that's what media is saying. That's what culture is saying. Yeah, there's bad people, but generally we're all good. Yeah, I, I think that's that's something that I, even last night I, I was talking to with Lish. Like we we have this tendency uh, as people, not just Alish and I, but we say we're bad. Like we're yeah. bad people. Like culture asks it all the time where you're like lazy on the couch. You're like, am I a bad person? <laughs> and, but we get that ingrained in us mm-hmm. that as, as much as we need to understand everybody's good, we a lot of times think we're bad. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is good, but me personally, I'm the bad one. Mm-hmm. And I, I corrected because I heard it from somewhere else where I was like, no, it's not that I'm bad or that we're bad. It's I'm flawed. Yeah. I am still good in my creation, in my identity, but I am a flawed good. Mm-hmm. I'm not a whole good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important them for them to understand because they need to know that every person is flawed. Yeah. And yet God had a good intention for every person. Yeah. And so we are flawed from that good intention. And so we need Jesus to bring those two things together so that we can be good in him and know that we'll still make mistakes, but we need salvation. And if we don't set that up at that point in their life, then it's hard to reconcile that later. No, for sure. yeah, because culture brings us so many ways. We bring it so many ways without even thinking of it. So yeah, that intentionality. And, and even just like that that wisdom of knowing that God is redeeming all of mm-hmm. creation, that Jesus died for all of humanity. So as the world pushes that you are the most beautiful, unique little snowflake, <laughs> know that you are. Yeah. But Jesus came for all the snow. Not yeah. just each snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that's a it's a huge learning curve. Like we're we're coming out of a, a generation that was told that they're the they can do anything. They're the best at everything. Everybody gets a participation award, and now we're seeing uh, a reflection of that where people are like, "Can somebody lose? Can somebody win?" Like we want yeah. we want to see that again because we realize it can't work where mm-hmm. everybody is unique and magical and can win. It's like no, we need to be unique and magical so that we can win as a whole. And I yeah. love that Christ constantly paints us, paints us as a body. Like the eye cannot say to the foot, the hand cannot say to the ear, like all of those pieces, like they're unique and individual and can only do what they can do. Yeah. But they're not better than the mm-hmm. other. Like it's, it's a unification of individuality. I'm getting weird. Totally. Extension here. <laughs> unification of individuality. <laughs> yeah. And then the final question that they'll be wrestling with and need to know at this time is just who is Jesus? So just simply who is Jesus? Because where we're at, a lot of people will find Jesus to be intolerant, to be um, this countercultural thing. And so everywhere else they're going to be told, why do you follow this Jesus? And so what do they need younger and younger is to know who Jesus is and why we need him. Okay. So you've made it through two of five and they've (laughs) been good. (laughs) <laughs> but we're hitting the end of this. So let's wrap this up. What's what's a final thought you want to say on these two? And then we'll make a part two. Yeah. So final thoughts on these are just one. If you haven't done these to this point and you have older children, don't worry. 
God can reconcile everything. You are not, you haven't you're messed not a failure. everything up. Yeah. You're not a failure. You are Just not a failure. Yeah. God is on your side. God's still Absolutely. fighting for you. We're on your side. We're rooting yeah. for you. Woo. <laughs> but, but for those of you who are in these stages, just remember, respect is instilling an understanding of how great and mighty God is yeah. and that he's someone we can trust. Yeah. And then wisdom is understanding who God is, what his truth is, who we are, and who Jesus is, because that's going to lead the decisions that we make in choosing our friends, in choosing what we do in life, and in every aspect of life. So that's yeah. kind of a figure super what, summary. Figure out what scary good means to you. Yeah. And what it means about God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for hanging out. We'll, uh, we'll check in with you in part two and uh, talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye.